0: This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more kaiju and tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. This episode is proudly sponsored by Toku Toy Town. Stay tuned for how you can save 10% off your next purchase at Toku Toy Town. hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of kaiju weekly the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies i am your host michael your guy for sentai and with me is my co-host in common for the power trip podcast mr nathan marchand how are you doing good sir
1: Why did it take seven months for me, the captain of the Kaiju Weekly B team, to get invited back? I don't appreciate this.
0: Moving on. So we have a really good episode uh, planned for you guys today. Uh, We're going to be talking about uh, something that just launched on Netflix. Um, So this episode is both.
1: (laughs) And it launched right after the last thing you talked about
0: <laughs> yeah we're doing like two time we're, we're we're doing two very timely things back to back and i guarantee you i guarantee you dear audio listener i'm gonna be mu- in a much better mood than what i was last episode <laughs> are you sure because this week's topic is kind of mean <laughs> You know, it's kind of mean and it's kind of bittersweet and it's, and it does gut, it, it, there, there are some gut punches uh, that happen and no spoilers yet. Uh, there will be spoilers. I should probably say that there will be spoilers. So if you oh, No, this is
1: going to be very, very spoiler. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know what else is getting spoiled? What? <laughs> Elijah's lead.
0: I'm winning, Mr. Thomas. No yes, one can so bring that back. <laughs> and no one cares. Anyway, um so so uh just as a just an FYI to anyone listening, you can we will let you know when we're getting ready to uh talk about the actual uh uh topic for today's episode, but I want to let you guys know if you've not seen Pacific Rim the Black yet, go and watch that first before you listen to this episode because we will be doing spoilers. So, uh, yes. if you don't want to be spoiler, so if you don't want to be spoiled, Go watch that, then come back to this episode.
1: Yeah, and we should also let all of your listeners know that there's a reason I'm here. Well, I was all I, I was planned to be here for a while, but you'll be noticing that our co-host in common, I don't know how many people get that joke, but I'm going to keep using it. <laughs> uh, uh, Travis is not here. He's not been having a very good day, needed to take the week off. So it's just the two of us today, which is totally fine. But as you would expect in third chair today to help make sure that everything goes smoothly, even with Travis absent, is my intrepid producer on the Monster Island film vault, a Mr.
0: from NASA comma Jimmy. Oh come on. Come on. Who let this guy in here? Well,
1: somebody's gotta make sure that things go all right without Travis here. I mean, it's just like the old saying: when the Tanuki's away, the ferret and the Shiba dog will play.
0: The what? The tunu- Oh, the Tanuki. Okay, yeah, never so mind. Our, spa-
1: our, our spirit animals.
0: We we did it all.
1: Travis gave us all spirit animals.
0: So, so we we did it all for the Tanuki. The Tanuki. <laughs> and, and you can take this cookie and shove it. Well, never mind. We're not going there. Um, I'm glad I came prepared
1: with my soundboard.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. Uh, we're we're going to add a little bit of production value to this week's episode. I'm sure. But yeah, <laughs>
0: well, I hope, I hope so. So we don't have any news to cover. There was a little bit, there was some tidbits of news, but we'll talk about those when Travis comes back next time, next week. Uh, but, but in truth, kaiju weekly tradition when we don't have news we like to play a game so nathan. Nathan. so i have to hang on so so nathan i have to ask would you like to play a game like thermonuclear warfare i mean that's fine we can but um so you're referencing saw i'm referencing war games uh-huh yeah okay because you're old anyway let's move on <laughs>
1: <laughs> Watch your language, good sir. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I am actually the game master this week, uh, instead of Travis. But I did play this game on my way here to Monster Island, getting a ride in Uber Mogra, because you know that's what... You know, jimmy does in his spare time is make robots that he uses for side hustles with actual uber uh, because that bot isn't good for much else
0: man i could have sent you the uh rad bug because i still yeah. have oh, it yeah. sitting here in my garage
1: yeah 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 instead we're just sitting here kayfabing all over the place i get it right and if- <laughs> white hot kayfabe all over <laughs> yes white hot <high> kayfabe <laughs> moving on so this week, we're going to play a little game that I like to call Jaeger or Racehorse.
0: <laughs>
1: now, some of you are probably wondering what the frick is Marchand talking about? Well, yesterday, because we are recording this, interestingly, on Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. We are. And yesterday was the Kentucky Derby. Now, mm-hmm. over on Monster Island in beautiful Ogasawara, there was actually some interest from my Japanese co-workers because there was a Japanese horse running in the Kentucky Derby, the most exciting 2 minutes in sports they're calling it. And his name was Crown Prize. Now, unfortunately, he did not win, but you know, there was some interest there. And because so- everyone was watching it and I was noticing that more than I have before, that the names of racehorses are, shall we say, kind of nutty. And I started joking about how the only thing with crazier and or cooler names than these racehorses was Pacific Rimjägers. Oh, which kind of anticipates what we're talking about today. (laughs) So we're playing a little game here. I have a list of names, Mr. Michael. Okay. That and some of these are Pacific Rim Jaegers, and I dug into the annals of Pacific Rim law and data, and everything that you're hearing here are all the names of Pacific Rim Jaegers that have either appeared in Pacific Rim media or were confirmed by Travis Beecham, the screenwriter.
0: All right. Okay. Quick question: Are we? Are you also pulling these from the comics?
1: Yes, I said any, it could be in any Pacific Rim media.
0: Son of a biscuit eater.
1: Yes. And so some of them are Pacific Rim Jaegers. Some of them are the names of racehorses. Now, on my way here, I played this game over text message with our co host in common. And he got seven out of ten plus the bonus. That's what you have to beat today, sir. Are you 7 ready? out of
0: 10. Dang. Okay. All right. All right. All, All right. right. All right. All right. So these first couple admittedly they're kind of
1: softballs. Mind you, they're you know softballs thrown overhand, but they're softballs. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So here's your first one. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Coyote Tango.
0: I'm going to go with Jaeger. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer, yes.
1: And yeah, here, keep track of your score, but uh, you are correct. It is a Jaeger. <laughs> it is a Jaeger. That is actually the one piloted by Stacker Pentecost in one of the flashbacks in the first movie. Like I said, okay. that one's a little bit of a softball.
0: Okay. All right. Are you keeping track of your score? I'm I'm I've got 1 point on the board, sir.
1: All right, Mr. Hamilton, if that is your real name. Are you ready for your second one? I'm ready. Yes. All right, here you go. War Admiral. That is a racehorse. Is that your final answer? It is. You are correct. That ah. is a racehorse. All right. You ready for the next one? Yes. All right. That's two points for you. (laughs) Yes, Jimmy. You helped me put the list of robots together because you would marry a robot. We all know this. All right. Weirdo. Yes. All right. Your next one is Conquistador Cielo.
0: one's a little tricky i'm gonna go with racehorse is that your final answer it is
1: the answer is racehorse (laughs) 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 wow three for three so far i'm impressed how am i doing jimmy
0: yeah Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
1: Yes. All right. Here's your next one. Matador Fury.
0: I'm going to go with Jaeger. Is that your final answer? I'm going to add it as my final answer.
1: Well, the correct answer <laughs> is Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, this is one, I'm looking it up right now. I believe this is one that, the, it did not appear in any media, but it was part of, uh, or is it? Let me look here, actually. This one was, uh, it's from Mexico, as you would expect. Uh, I think this is actually one that uh, was uh, invented by Travis Beecham, but it actually didn't appear in anything. But it was part of the world building. They just couldn't fit it into the movie. Okay. All right? Okay. All right. Here's your next one. Romeo Blue.
0: I'm going to go with... i actually. I think I'm gonna go with Jaeger on that one as well.
1: Are you sure? I'm I am sure. sure. I'm sure. Well, the correct answer is uh, Jaeger.
0: Wow! <laughs> I
1: thought you would trip up over that one. Honestly. <laughs> yep, it's actually one of the Jaegers from Uprising.
0: Okay, I haven't seen. If Uprising I remember in correct,
1: uh, let me double check. Yes, it was in. Uh, Oh, no. Correction. Correction. uh, Correction. It was in uh, the it made a cameo in the Pacific Rim movie. Yes. And it was in uh, the video game and in the novelization of the original movie. Okay. uh, There was also one called Romeo Blue in Uprising. Okay. Okay. Here's your next one. Keeping track of your score? Actually, you're five for five.
0: I'm five for five. I I just need I just need right. two more to tie our co-host in common.
1: That will never get old. All right, here's your next one. American Pharaoh. Oh, that's a racehorse. Oh, so confident, so confident. Uh, because yeah, <laughs> it's a racehorse. I don't know how you knew that.
0: <laughs> that's a racehorse. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you just knew that. <laughs> Alright. Alright, well let's try this one. Let's try this one. Mammoth Apostle. Jaeger. Are you
0: sure? I am sure. You sure? You double I'm sure. Sure? You I'm triple sure. Triple sure? I'm double sure. I'm double sure.
1: Well, you'll be happy to know, yeah. It's a that's a Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, it uh, it was it was in the it was one of several Jaegers mentioned in the novelization of the first movie.
0: Interesting. So mm-hmm. now I am seven for seven.
1: So now you are tied with your co-host in common. So now you could potentially uh, you could potentially you know beat Travis right now. If we could just quit. I don't know, but maybe we'll just keep going for fun. But uh, your next one is Horizon Brave. Jaeger. Final answer. Final answer. You're winning. <laughs> Congratulations. You have you we're, we're not even done and you have <laughs> defeated him. <laughs> keep him uh, here's something Uh, there's horizon brave which is not to be confused with horizon bravo there is also Mm -hmm. a horizon bravo Mm -hmm. this was it made a this made a cameo in pacific rim tales from year zero and in the original movie and it has also appeared in the novelization of the first movie and in the pacific rim mobile game
0: let's i want to see if i can go 10 for 10 let's let's keep going
1: Okay, okay. I'm gonna try this one on my list. I'll try this one.
0: Shanghai Bobby. That's a racehorse. You are
1: so confident. I didn't even have to think about that one. <laughs> That's a racehorse. <laughs> were, were you like you weren't cheating, were you?
0: No, I'm setting. I, I I'm just setting in front of the microphone. You, I am you not, weren't
1: pulling a full hand, march hand and doing research, were you?
0: Hand to no, I took a nap today, and what? And I took a nap today. So how could I have researched?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Some people can research in their sleep.
0: <laughs> but am I right?
1: Well. The correct answer is a uh, racehorse.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I'll, you I'll really tell you. I think
1: you're gonna, you, your goal now is to just go, you know, it's just to get a perfect score right now, huh? Yeah, right now.
0: I'm going to get yeah. a perfect score right now. Yeah. Oh, uh, shut up, Jimmy.
1: Hey, I, I, I'm I not sure if I should, if I should admire your confidence or, or shrink at the arrogance i'm just, you're the I'm just, uh, <laughs> both what's the what's the gift the but bo- both both? Yeah, both yeah yeah both both how about both yes all right this one i think i can get i think i'm gonna get you with this one i will okay. deny you your perfect game with this one <laughs> are
0: you ready i'm ready cyber knife It sounds like a Jaeger name. But I well, also Oh, that's what the
1: idea behind all of these.
0: Right, it sounds like a it sounds like the perfect Jaeger name. But I know that some of these horse names can get pretty weird.
1: Yeah, but there's some weird Jaeger names too.
0: Right. So I'm going to go racehorse. Ooh. Ooh, taking the risk there. Ooh, are you sure? I'm already, I'm already winning. Sure? I'm already winning, so it's fine.
1: Are you sure? Are I'm you gonna sure? G-
0: all in. My chips are all in. It's a it's a racehorse.
1: Oh. Uh, I agree, Jimmy. I uh, uh, I admire the boldness there. Ooh, but does it pay off? Yeah, it does. <laughs> that actually is. That was actually one of the racehorses who ran in the Derby this year. But now I'm gonna give you the bonus. I had this bonus set up in case there needed to be a tiebreaker. Okay. So we're gonna I'm gonna modify it a little bit here. I am going to give you two names. And you have to tell me which of these two is the Jaeger. All right? Okay. Let's go all for right. it. Hunter or horse, all right? Case okay, so anyone didn't know Jaeger is the G- is the German word for hunter. Are you ready? <laughs> hunter or horse.
0: That would have been a better name for this for this game, by the way.
1: Uh, hunter or horse? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, yes, I agree with you. Oh, shut up, Jimmy. Don't uh, you know, don't agree with everything Michael says. That's true. You usually don't. So <laughs> all right. Which of these is the Jaeger? Your choices are Ghost Zapper and Headhunter.
0: I'm gonna go with Headhunter. You sure? Because I mean, sometimes, Ghost
1: Zapper sounds about as Jaegery as you can get.
0: True, but Jaeger and means Head hunter. Headhunter sounds like so, a
1: reasonable name for a horse. I'm just saying.
0: True, but Jaeger means hunter. So I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with the other one. Wait, which one? Headhunter or options? Ghost Zapper? I'm going with Headhunter. Headhunter.
1: Headhunter. Your final answer.
0: Final answer.
1: Well, the Jaeger of this pair is Headhunter. (laughs) You got a perfect score. I hope you're proud of yourself. Although, this one is kind of, sort of, a cheat. Because Headhunter is from, I'm looking it up right now, from Pacific Rim Amara, which is a comic book series,
0: and it is literally a Jaeger head on tank treads. Well... Fun fact, I used to date a girl that was very much into horses, and she talked about the Derby and she talked about horses all the damn time. So coincidentally, where I live in, I live in West Virginia. I'm very close to Kentucky. So I hear about the Derby a lot. So that's how I know a lot of these names are horses like Shanghai. uh, What was it? Shanghai Shanghai Bobby shanghai bobby i knew that was a horse and then the fair and then pharaoh i remember he i remember american uh, pharaoh i remember american pharaoh from a few years ago so.
1: wow huh. uh, here i thought i could get y'all stumped but that should tell you just how nuts racehorse names it <laughs> can get
0: <laughs> so america so, yeah it's i uh I actually do like to watch the horse race. I didn't watch the derby this year. I was I was gone all day yesterday. But I actually do like to watch the horse race.
1: Mhm. Yeah, cuz you know, it's over in 2 minutes, but they spend uh, you know 3 hours talking about it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's worse than the Super Bowl pre-shows. <laughs> it's the uh you know, it's the pomp and circumstance of the of the Kentucky Derby.
1: Yeah, and all the ridiculous hats. And oh yeah, the hats some of those some there was one guy on there i forget where he was from but he looked like the riddler
0: <laughs> oh no they get they get nuts they get nuts i uh i actually had the privilege of going to a derby once and there the was kentucky a guy derby yeah the kentucky derby um, oh my gosh uh and there was a guy there dressed in a black and white polka dot suit it was really interesting and it wasn't mm-hmm. like, it wasn't like tiny little polka dots, something tasteful. No, 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 sir. He looked like a cow from, from a, from a far <laughs> ways off. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. <sighs> yeah. Uh,
1: apparently it's just part of what people do with the Derby, but you know, we're not here to talk about racehorses in the Kentucky Derby. We are but not we, a sport podcast,
0: but we are going to mention that I did beat my co-host in this game. In fact, I get a perfect score. And I like how Nathan came into this show thinking he was going to stump me, but he for- well, he forgets that my life experience sometimes does pay off.
1: <laughs> Flawless victory. Flawless victory.
0: <laughs> anyway, what are we talking about today? Well, Nathan, before we can get into our main topic, we actually have to mention our good friends at Toku Toy Town. Our sponsors this week, Toku Toy Town, are committed to bringing collectors and casual fans alike the very best, the rarest, and coolest in the world of safubi, tokusatsu toys, and kaiju collectibles. They strive to be the first place you look when you're trying to hunt down that hard to find exclusive Marusan or that M1 with the unique colorway, or even that personal X-Plus Holy Grail. They understand the journey because they are collectors too. You can check out Toku Toy Town at tokutoytown.com and use promo code KAIJUWEEKLY at checkout to receive 10% off your next purchase. Now, Nathan, it is time to dig into our main topic, and that is Pacific Rim The Black. Uh, season we actually two. season two. Yeah. And the reason why season we're just going to reason why we're just going to go straight to it is because we forgot to ask the trivia question this week. So shame. shame. So yeah. Shame.
1: Where's that? Uh, uh, where, uh, you know, where's that meme from, uh, from from Monty Python and the Holy Girl?
0: Shame. Shame. So Nate, uh, would you like to read our cast and crew list for this? For this, we have Gideon Adlin
1: as Haley Travis, and then Callum Worthy as Taylor Travis, Ben Diskin as Kaiju Boy, and Victoria Grace as May. So, hey, Tay, and May. Which was the joke that we made the last time I was on here, because I was on here last year to talk about season one.
0: And you're lucky we brought you back you missed me i get to talk to you all the time bud Jeez,
1: (laughs) your listeners missed me i've looked at your
0: analytics (laughs) our listeners have better taste than that anyway (laughs) that's not uh,
1: what your analytics say
0: (laughs) do you also have a plot breakdown funny or otherwise Out in the middle of the post-apocalyptic
1: Australian outback with no Mad Max in sight, our brother and sister hero duo and the very angry anime girl are doing their best to make it to Sydney base while also dealing with a literal kaiju kid and while being chased by the incredibly creepy kaiju death cult, the Kaiju Sisters. And who, boy, they are a freaky lot, let me tell you. So, will our heroes be able to elude the sisters without stabbing each other in the back, sometimes literally, and make it to Sydney Base while also, you know, having to deal with a Shyamalan
0: twist that they weren't expecting? Nathan, I, I really enjoyed season one of the Black. I really did and i had high expectations for season 2 now and after the buzz kill
1: that you had with ultraman after the
0: yeah i was going to say after the buzz kill that i had with with ultraman i i went into it with tempered expectations and i think i think that actually worked to its benefit because oh boy like this whole um this 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 season takes you on an emotional roller coaster I feel like with like just some really high highs and some really gut-punchy lows, and uh, in fact, yeah,
1: this this is not. I think we talked about this in the the last episode for season one. This is not your we're canceling the apocalypse, yeah, mm. happy rah rah Pacific Rim. No, this ooh, <laughs> this takes a very unflinching look at some pretty dark. Subject matter,
0: (laughs) yeah, it 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 absolutely does, and um, I I, I'm just gonna say this now, if you if you haven't watched the Pacific Rim: The Black, stop it, stop now because we're gonna be talking spoilers in three, two, one, and to open us and open up open up this discussion, I'm actually going to quote Haley from the last episode that I think kind of sums up the because I asked you before we recorded this, like what is the theme of and we on the power trip if you're not listening to the power trip our power rangers podcast we like to talk about themes and i so i asked you nathan before we recorded what was the what did you think the theme was for pacific rim the black and i think that this quote from from Haley travis kind of sums it up this is when she's talking to uh marshall rask and she's talking about boy um, and they discover that boy is no longer a weapon, but he is now a friendly. So she says like everyone in the, like everyone else in the black, he emerged very changed from when he went in. Mm-hmm. So this, this whole season is about, like, well, this whole, this whole experience, I think to sum up like season one and season two of the black, it's a really just, it's, it's a hope story. It's a hopeful story. Mm-hmm. It's, it's also
1: coming of age. It is that's what she's talking about. It's like you, uh, they went through adversity and adversity changes you.
0: <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does. Uh, some people changed for the better and some people changed for the worse. And, you know, some of the people that changed for the worse are the ones that will punch you in the gut. When you watch this specifically, you know, Haley and uh, specifically Haley and uh, Taylor's mother, who we later find out her, has, her has become. of <laughs> Yeah. Who has become, we, uh,
1: we kind of thought they were dead in season mm. one.
0: We assumed they were dead.
1: Yeah, We assumed they were dead. And then it turns out, Oh, mom's alive. She's part of the Kaiju death cult. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that one coming.
0: <laughs> and that, and that whole episode with, you know, Shane going, uh, uh, with Shane drift, with Shane, <laughs> Shane drifting Shane! with her. Shane with Shane drifting with her to go get her back and bring yeah. her to bring her to her sanity. That yeah, was uh, incredibly
1: live as Tokyo lives. called him. Uh, he's Mr. You did.
0: Yeah, did. you did. But it was an incredible
1: Australian sounding person in the entire show.
0: <laughs> well, he's, I mean, he, after, after the other guy dies, um, he is literally the only Australian sounding. Well, no, uh, you no, mean the,
1: the crazy old man with one arm.
0: Yeah. Oh, old, old lefty, but he lost his right arm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was kind of a, that was kind of a little bit of a gut punch too. Cause I really wanted to like that guy and what little bit of time we spent with him. You know, he, uh, he was a really likable character, but he was a little bit of an yep. ideologue. He yeah. thought that he could control. Yeah. He, not, he thought that he could control Kaiju.
1: Um, he, he was supposed to be a kaiju whisperer. He was Bunyip Man. I looked at yeah. Bunyip Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I honestly thought he was going to stick around for more than one episode. He made an impression. I'll say that. Was he was memorable. Did. Oh, yeah. Memorably foolish at uh, in the end, but
0: <laughs> memorable nonetheless. Well, he was very idealistic, and sometimes when you get so... When you get so idealistic, you're blinded to the reality that's in front of you. And the reality was these are gigantic creatures with a mind of their own, and you can't control them. Yeah. They're wa- they're essentially what I mean, they're I guess you could I guess you if you could equate it to, you know, zookeepers, you see like zookeepers that have a bond with a certain animal. I watch there's a couple of TikTok accounts that I watch and Uh, a couple of them are zookeepers and you know, they bond with tigers and lions and things. But in Mm -hmm. the back of your mind, you have to think that these are still wild animals. You know, these are still wild creatures and they can turn on you at any moment. So Mm -hmm. you, you have to have some kind of healthy respect for them. Uh, And I think that Bunyip man did have a healthy respect for, for the Kaiju. It's just that maybe he was a little bit too idealistic. Uh, and he was a little bit blinded by the fact that they were still monsters.
1: This is true, But let's uh, all I have to say is Blue treats Chris Pratt a heck of a lot nicer than this. I'm just saying
0: <laughs> that's true. That is true. I'm so looking forward to Dominion, by the way, just the mm-hmm. sidebar because baby blue cause, yeah, beta, beta is gonna be awesome.
1: So anyway, so that was one that was the first shock, I would say, of this season. and something that we should mention here because I know, you and Travis talked about it at length, actually, in a couple of episodes about the whole Netflix thing with their animation department. But mm-hmm. I don't think in this case that the Black is suffering because of that. I think no. the show was meant from the get go to be two seasons, 14 episodes, and be done.
0: Yeah, because it just, it, it feels, it, it does feel that way. It does absolutely feel that way. It feels it, co- this feels
1: it, like a uh, like a basically a YA novel, a, a, com- yeah. a complete YA novel. Yeah,
0: yeah. You know, like young every adult, episode young,
1: could be a chapter. So you know, in a you know, in a YA novel.
0: Yeah, young adult. I mean, YA means yeah. young adult for the uninitiated, by the way.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because and that's very. This very much feels like that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, especially does. with our two main characters being, I think they're sixteen. Oh well, no, I think. Uh, Taylor is 16. Yeah, Taylor. It's Taylor, and Haley's the girl. So, yeah. So, I think Taylor is the older of the two of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, uh, So, uh, like I said, this is a complete story. They accomplished their goal, and there really isn't much else to do with them after the story is done, because they got where they needed to, and... And spoiler warning, like we said before, yeah, the Eager doesn't make it. <laughs> so if you were a fan of Atlas
0: Destroyer, uh, have your tissues ready. <laughs> Sorry about your damn luck. Um, but but yeah, it was that was that was really sad. I really want I really wanted Atlas I really wanted Atlas to make it to to the end. But like you said, it is a complete story. Like the, the whole mission was to make it to the Sydney base. And to be reunited with uh with with other people and try to find their and I think that by this time they had already given up on trying to find their parents, except for, you know, they obviously the twist of finding their mother uh amid, among the uh the the, the kaiju sisters. With, the kaiju sisters, yeah. So that was a that was a huge twist. Oh, so, and
1: yeah, and with Atlas Destroyer also went Loa.
0: Oh yeah, Loa. Loa, poor Loa. Like, because Loa became very sentient at the end, like very, Mm -hmm. very sentient.
1: She was almost a, she was almost a surrogate mother for them
0: in a way. Yes. Because that, that, that ending speech where she's right before they self-destruct and she's, Mm -hmm. um, and she's saying, you know, she's basically saying, Haley, you've held this, you've held this team together from day one. You've been the heart and soul. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm paraphrasing. I, I don't yeah. have the exact quote in front of me, but she said, uh, Loa said that, you know, Haley had been the heart and soul of this mission since day one. Taylor mm-hmm. was more of a leader than he mm-hmm. essentially gave himself credit for. Mm-hmm. And when uh, he messed up, he owned it. And when he messed up, he owned it. We'll yeah. talk
1: about that. He makes a He
0: makes a very difficult call that doesn't make everyone happy. No, not
1: at all. <laughs> but that's kind of the theme in this. Not everyone makes perfect calls.
0: Well, even our heroes. No, it's, it's, it's part of, you know, it's just part of the, I guess it's part of the journey, you know, it's, uh, not every situation, not every situation is perfect. And I was really hoping that it wouldn't become, I was really, I was really hoping that this wouldn't end in like a kind of sacrosanct kind of way. Um, but it ended fairly, it ended fairly hopeful. And that's what I'm um mm-hmm. and that and that's what I'm happy about. But mm-hmm. we'll get Actually, into that. Now
1: that I think about it, there's a lot of death in that last episode. Lots of people die. Well, Lots of characters some, that we followed don't make it.
0: Some people that deserved it, you know. Some people deserve to die. Uh but <laughs> we'll we'll get we'll get into that a little bit later. But let's kinda Let's 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 start off. With, let's continue the discussion because because we like to do what we call the positivity sandwich TM. on trademark. Yeah, on Kaiju Weekly. So we're going to start with some positives. We're going to sprinkle in some negativity onions, you know, on the on this on this uh, positivity cheeseburger. Uh, and but it's all going to work together and it's all going to come together in the end with some more positives. So so Nate, um, what, were, what, uh, what was that, Jimmy? Yeah, you're making me hungry, too. Thanks. Well, I mean, I offered you guys lunch when you got here, but whatever. Um, you said you had already eaten. At least that's what Nate told me, Jimmy. I'm sorry. Mm.
1: Mm. Well, I got to have an in-flight meal on the way here. He didn't. He was piloting the big robot. So.
0: Well, I'll sh- after, we de- after we get done recording, I'll show you around town. There's a good, there's ah. a nice, there's a good uh, Irish pub down the street that I can take. Oh, well,
1: better Irish than Scottish. I've dealt with that's, the Scottish that, man. That's what
0: I've heard for sure. Yes. yes. Uh, so Nate, what has been some of your favorite, what what was, what was some of your like standout moments and standout things from Pacific Rim the Black season two? To be
1: honest, I like the fact that the ending in this is really bittersweet, though a bit sweeter than bitter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but there was a heavy toll that the characters had to pay in order to accomplish their goals. Right. It wasn't easy. No, it was very, very hard. They had to grow up very quickly. <laughs> it, yeah. 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 They lost a lot of people getting there, but they also gained some people along the way. They gained, you know, boy, you know, boy basically became their adopted little brother.
0: Well, they they also well Haley talked about uh, after after their mom officially passed away. Haley, uh, atop the Jaeger, looks to May and says, it's nice to have a sister.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. May uh, also kind of joins the family as well. Mm-hmm. And she needed one. She oh, had she had been got- deprived of a family.
0: Yeah. And I, I just thought that was so interesting. That moment where, um, where Taylor and Haley's mom passes or, or where, where they get, they, they get Taylor and Haley, get their mom back as another sort of pseudo parent figure in in, in, um, in, uh, shoot in Shane dies. How did you feel about Shane in this? The,
1: the show really wants you to think that this—I'm not going to mince words. This bastard <laughs> deserved the audience's sympathy by the end. I—they th- I, were—it was working really hard, and the entire time I kept thinking to myself: Is this deserved? Does this make sense?
0: If any—if anything felt. If anything felt forced to me, I think it was a little bit of that. But, but the payoff of Shane's sacrifice, you know, getting their mom back, that kind of overshadowed, that kind of overshadowed it for me a little bit. It all worked. Uh, Although it it did feel, the Shane thing felt a little bit forced because, because in season one, we hate Shane. In the first uh, three episodes or so, we still hate Shane. You know, Shane is is trying to chase them down, and but by the end of it, I'm a little bit more. I don't know. I'm a little bit. I, I don't know what the word is. I'm I'm a little bit more forgiving now of Shane, um, because I feel like in his own twisted way, maybe he was just trying to protect May. Yeah,
1: I think that is the idea here. Mm -hmm. The idea is that Shane is a man who's been hardened by being in the black, Mm -hmm. but he did genuinely care about May. He just felt that in order to get May to survive, he had to make her incredibly tough. Mm -hmm. And so everything he did in his own weird way, he did out of love. And I think the idea that we're getting here is that he's realizing that, she can't stay with him anymore. She has to move on. Yeah. And I think for her, there is that weird, as much as she hates him, she he's also the closest thing he's had to a, uh, she, she, he's also the closest thing she's had to a father for years. Yeah. So... Like I said, this isn't quite as clear cut as what you might be used to from the movies.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of tragedy mixed in here. And a lot of gray. A lot of gray. And a lot. It's really funny. There's a lot of gray area in the black.
1: (laughs) That is kind of ironic, isn't it?
0: A little bit, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But this was also set up. Pretty well in season one, with the being able to use the drift technology to enter people's minds to you know do things like bury memories, alter memories in this case he's using it to get through to their mother and break the the basically the brainwashing that this cult has done to their mother It's actually really freaky. The kaiju sisters are just really weird. We'll talk about that a little bit more later, I'm sure. But they are freaky. So he was trying to break the hold that they had on her. Because it's part brainwashing, part... Seems like there's some telepathy going on with that as well. It's really weird. Mm-hmm. So she was constantly... Even after she was free, she was constantly fighting their influence. Yeah. But you know, they, he did it because he was the only one who could. And he knew that he would be helping Haley and Taylor, which in turn would make May, at least he thought, happy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like I said, it makes some sort of sense. It was just a little difficult for me to accept at first because... Yeah. Yeah, I was trained to hate Shane. Mr. You did. He even says that in Yeah, the show. but but
0: <laughs> but as we've kind of shown on our other show, The Power Trip, like villains can redeem themselves.
1: Yes. That that is true. That is true. And I suppose it says something that he him and Spider with a y. I did look that up. Spider. They did chase after him, and Spider was even upset that because you know, spoiler warning, Shane dies, saving their mother, and Spider was upset because well, even because Spider said, "I would be if it wasn't for Shane, I'd be dead." He taught me how to survive. Yeah, so I guess that reinforces the idea that when you're stuck out in one of the harshest of all wildernesses it changes you it makes you harder
0: mm-hmm.
1: makes you meaner mm-hmm. you might start doing things you wouldn't normally do but it also helps you survive
0: yeah and you know through those hardships too you you wind up finding you know new like you find you wind up finding both yourself and a little bit of family especially mm-hmm. if you're surrounded by if especially if you're surrounded by people that are in the same that are in a similar situation as you where they have to do whatever they have to adopt, whatever persona it is they need to, to survive. Um, they're essentially in kind of like the, the uncharted wild West here out in in the middle of, in the middle of barren Australia. Um, Mm -hmm. so they're just doing whatever they have to do, but there's also kind of, there's also kind of those bonding moments out there too, because you're both, you know, you're, you're both, you're all trying to survive together.
1: Mm -hmm. but this show also proves not everyone is safe as we've been pointing out because there are characters who die. And so you, there got, I got to a point where I'm like, I don't know who's going to make it. I really don't know who's going to make it. Well, That's the mark of a good
0: show though. That's the mark of, that's, that's the mark of a good, of good writing and a good show when, when it's not predictable, when it's, Mm -hmm. when it's not predictable. Now, per, to be fair, I predicted the bunyip man being eaten. I I saw they, I saw that foreshadowed a mile away. Um, I feel, I I feel like the guy, I I just, I just feel like that he was destined that that character was destined to die. Um, in a way I almost saw, I, I did not expect them to be able to resurrect or maybe not to resurrect, uh, their mother. I was not really expecting them to to be able to do that. I honest to god I honestly thought that they would lose her in the drift, that she would die and wither away um like like uh, like Shane, but um I I kind of saw her I I kind of saw that her death. I I kind of saw her death coming too. That that part was a little bit predictable.
1: It, but it I was not it, the show really does mess with you. Because we get a moment where I'm like, wait a minute. There's still a couple of episodes left. Why are we getting to the base now? Mm. Okay. Maybe something else. They got something else cooking. And then everything just seemed way too easy, Squishy. way too clean. And I'm like, something's not quite right here. Yeah. I, I, but I wasn't quite sure what was going on. And then we get that Ugh, that gut punch where, where you find out that because when they're there, they find their dad and their parents get reunited. It's all sweet and nice. It's great. Everyone's happy. And then it turns out it was all an illusion made with the drifting technology so they could ease their mother into In, into death. death. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Take you, show. I just what are you? Doing and it's incri- I just
0: feel like it's a incri- it's it's so like it's so ironic I guess that we're recording this on Mother's Day and this this yeah. entire this entire season two like the back half of this season revolves around their family and and their mother well the whole season really revolves around them you know losing their parents like that's that's the whole reason why. Yeah. There's a, there's
1: a motherly through uh, through line in this because there's mm-hmm. their mother, uh, the leader of the uh, of the Kaiju sisters is, well, I guess this is no surprise because there are the Kaiju sisters. But you have this basically witch mother, you know, mm-hmm. the leader of the cult, who is this very twisted sort of mother you know, leading them. And then when we actually see her at the end in the last episode, she is this ridiculous just old crone I, it's, it's this emaciated crazy looking pseudo kaiju crone I mean it's just wow uh, and she's yeah you know, like I said she's kind of a twisted version of a mother you know she's performing all of these weird ceremonies she's she's declaring we saw this at the end of season one she was declaring boy this kaiju messiah and Mm. they had to do all of these things to empower him and and make him able to go do whatever he needed to do and what was funny is then as their last ditch effort to get boy back and i think they actually said like boy was only what a category two yeah He's he's not a big boy no he's a he's a kaiju but he's not a big boy he's a he's a bit of he's been on the small side for kaiju and then they decide to whip out a Category 6, which I think might be the biggest kaiju ever, other than, like, the ridiculous Voltron kaiju from Uprising. But the less said about that, the better. Uh, but, you know, they whip out a, ki- uh, a Category 6. I'm like, if you can control a Category 6, why do you need boy? Well, it's because boy is like a wolverine. He's tiny, but he's vicious. <laughs> he's scrappy uh, that would uh, scrappy do uh,
0: <laughs> He uh, he w- w- raggy w- i can't do it um he he's he's very scrappy and, and that and that's and that's becomes that becomes very apparent when um when apex shows up to try yes. and and bring boy back yes, um
1: because the sisters do manage to exert their influence on boy Mm-hmm. But then Apex the Kaiju Jaeger hybrid from season 1 who had developed a bit of an affinity with boy then uses his drifted the drifting technology in him to basically get through to boy while also getting the snot kicked out of him I might add but he took it because he knew he needed to save boy from the Kaiju sisters
0: mm-hmm.
1: And so, you know, so then we have so we have this weird little hybrid thing—not little, but you know—he gets to be a hero too. And he was—we weren't sure what to think of Apex in season one. Mm-hmm. And then he makes a sacrifice. There's so many people who are so many characters. I should say who are just making big sacrifices for our main characters so they can, you know, be safe. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. So I was a little bit. I was a little bit um, disappointed in, but I I understand why. Like you know, Apex being this this mech kaiju hybrid, you know, makes a as big and as intimidating as it is, makes this kind of sacrifice to save Boy for the greater, because Boy just to keep just to keep Boy out of the hands of the of the the kaiju witches. Uh, the Kaiju sisters. I keep wanting to call them the Kaiju witches. I don't know why. Oh, that, just that would be-, be an accurate description. The Kaiju witches. Yeah. The Kaiju witches, which by the way, are they, descri- is their backstory kind of described better in the comics? Cause I've not read the comics.
1: I haven't read the comics yet either, but yeah, they, they're not original to this. They've been established before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that was the only kind of disappointment for me for this, this whole, um, show. Was there was really no backstory given with the Kaiju sisters? There's uh, some
1: implied. There's some implied. Uh, there's implied stuff, and we find out that May. I thought for a second they're going to say May was one of them for a while. No, it's not that they tried to recruit her, but she successfully resisted. But they messed with her head. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she does not appreciate them trying again.
0: I don't know. <laughs> Maybe maybe they could have like drugged this out, maybe like one or two more episodes and did one of those episodes and showed sort of the backstory of the Kaiju sisters, just kind of how that started, because it is a really interesting group of women. Um, you know, they're a, they're a cult who worship Kaiju mm-hmm. and they killed her and they, they literally they kill just, the men. They kill the men. And basically
1: what the, what they said was they, they go into new territory. They kill all the men and they take all the women mm-hmm. yeah, and to build their basically,
0: brainwash them into this cult yeah and there's not very many of them there's only like a dozen of them from mm-hmm. what I gather and they, mm-hmm. and they all pretty much get wiped out at the end mm-hmm. with from, some, mm-hmm. from a missile but attack. they
1: think boy is special because we find out and I, you know this was one of those mysteries from season one that was brewing the entire show and then it gets explained in 30 seconds <laughs> toward the end in the last scene we find out that boy is a human-kaiju hybrid. We do have it confirmed for us that, yes, he was made by the precursors as a basically kind of a Trojan horse weapon. So he looks human. He can pass for human, but he's actually a kaiju. And then he can hulk out and go nuts. Right. So, you know, that's all confirmed for us, but that's why the sisters think he's special. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, it, a, I, it makes some sort of twisted sense. Let's be honest. Uh, let's be honest. Uh, Doomsday death cults don't necessarily make a whole lot of sense. You just need to understand their internal logic.
0: <laughs> well, it, it makes sense. It, it does make sense because they were because boy was sent by a higher power. He was not of this earth. Uh, he was not human, uh, at least not fully human uh and you know he held some kind of you know high enough he it, there was a, there was a clear enough like status or distinction between human and kaiju mm-hmm. to make him to make him special so calling him the kaiju messiah or the kaiju savior or whatever um uh is not fo- is not off base and it makes total sense i just find it i just kind of find it weird that you know they didn't that they that they wanted him because he was a boy you know he was but i guess it's you know i don't know
1: what because they're the kaiju sisters and they kill all the men but it's okay that he's a boy yeah yeah but they realize that he's half human and half kaiju so he's special right so because he's special that must mean xyz according to their beliefs
0: Maybe, according to their ideology.
1: Yeah. The theology? Theology? They're so very maybe... twisted, weird theology. So, you know, in Christian theology, you know, Jesus is both God and man. Maybe they're thinking the same thing.
0: Maybe. Maybe. He's both kaiju and human. Maybe. Maybe. He's both he's both a he's he's both he's both God and man. Or to a certain their, extent. To an, to an extent, yeah. To an extent. Yes. I can see that. Yeah, it's it's yeah. but it, it is it is really interesting that they that they worship or they look to Boy as their savior, their messiah. Um and Boy is not even all that impressive, really is not even all that impressive of a of a kaiju, except for he's just very tough and scrappy. And, he's
1: very scrappy.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> it's, it's He not, almost killed Apex while
1: Apex was trying to help him.
0: <laughs> right. So, you know it, <clears throat> Um, so we, so we, like you said, we do, we do find out that, um, we do find out that, uh, boy is a hybrid. He was sent here as essentially a weapon. And that's, and and that's where the
1: military found him and captured him and was studying him. And, but then Mm -hmm. that lab was in a city that was attacked and that's where Tay and, uh, Tay and Hay found him and. You know, the, you know, the rest is history. So it all gets explained to us pretty quickly. And we're like, oh, okay. Well, solves that problem. Felt a, Feels a little rushed, but okay.
0: <laughs> but at least it pays off. At it, least it, it pays, pays it off. off, for sure.
1: I, I guess I was expecting more. I probably shouldn't have expected more. Because if, if there was more, I think it might have given the Kaiju sisters a little too much legitimacy if he was some sort of you know, special destroyer or whatever sent by mm-hmm. the precursors might have given the, you know, like I said, the sisters a little too much lo- legitimacy, but you know,
0: yeah. So we talked a lot about in the last episode, a, and I know we're, we're. I feel like we're front loading this with a lot of positives because there is there's a lot of good stuff to say. About well, this.
1: Th- there is one negative that I'm going to bring up that is also, but it's related to a positive. If that mm-hmm. makes any sense.
0: Okay, go for it. Because I, I was going to ask you. I was actually going to ask you what you thought of the overall just uh, of the animation because I know Travis and I complained a lot about the animation well, in the last
1: in the I, last I, I, yeah. episode. Are we you talked ready? About uh, are you ready to be disappointed a little bit?
0: <sighs> Fine, go ahead.
1: You know who worked on this?
0: Uh, no, I don't actually. It's Polygon. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Same guys who did the singular Godzilla point.
1: anime trilogy.
0: Didn't they do Singular Point, or was that somebody else? I can't remember. Was somebody
1: else, because okay. that wasn't
0: CGI. Oh, that was Orange. That, that was, was Orange. orange. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Which is kind of weird because. Even though this was done by also done by Polygon, it feels really different in terms of animation compared to the anime trilogy. Mm-hmm. But Polygon also did work on Star Wars: The Clone Wars, yeah. so and that feels very different from it as well. So, if anyone has any ire <laughs> for the Polygon uh, for Polygon's Godzilla trilogy. I don't think you have as much to worry about in this. And this also has the benefit of being, shall we say, livelier <laughs> than the Ultraman series on Netflix.
0: You mean not, are you talk about like as far as like not being so bleak? Is that what you're talking about? No, more
1: like how outside of the fight scenes, the animation's a little stiff.
0: Because <laughs> this okay.
1: doesn't feel. Stiff. These characters are incredibly lively and expressive. Oh, they
0: are. They are. They. Oh, they are. I. Okay. So very people have now. Probably...
1: Admittedly, the weird, but sig- story significant dance scene. <laughs> we talked about that in the first episode from last season. That was a little awkward, but that's about as awkward as I think it gets. Otherwise, mm. you know, these characters. uh, their expressions uh, match what they're actually saying. I remember you and Travis brought that up for Ultraman season two. And boy, howdy, do I have opinions about Ultraman season two? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, Spoiler warning, people. I'll be writing reviews for Kaiju Ramen for both season two of this and Ultraman. And let's just say, telegraphing the end a little bit, I'm going to be a heck of a lot nicer to the black.
0: (laughs) Oh. Oh, I'm sure you will, because we, mm. uh, you know, this I had just... one
1: more episode than Ultraman in its second season, and the pacing is a heck of a lot better,
0: <laughs> for sure. That's for what sure. kills
1: Ultraman for me. But anyway, we're not here to talk about that, right?
0: No, the pacing uh, of no, this, was... but
1: the the characters are very expressive of the, and what they're saying matches how they're looking. Sometimes they even just use the expressions to communicate things that aren't being said. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a I I'm trying to remember exactly. It's been a little while since I watched season 2, but there, you know, there's a scene where May doesn't even say anything. She's just talking to Shane. She doesn't even say anything to him. Yeah. It's just it's all in the expression.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And or you no, know, maybe she was talking to Spider. Yeah, I think it's what it was cuz he was Spider was trying to get her to come with him. He's like just leave the kids and come with me. And there's no dialogue between them. You just see Spider leave while mm-hmm. she and you just get a reaction shot of her while she's thinking about it and then the next shot is Spider is driving away in his little speeder bike thing. And then she just goes back to the kids. Because she's a little older than our two bro- then our brother and sister here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they get uh, they get a younger brother and boy, and they get an older sister with May.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's interesting how that works out. But one of the, one of the little negatives that I'm going to give that is kind of couched in a positive is, I'm sure for some people, they're going to be disappointed that Haley doesn't do as much Jaeger piloting this season as she did last season. And that's in part, in large part, because she spends most of her time taking care of boy. Because boy, he does revert back to his human form, but that's because he got bit by a kaiju tick, which is just a horrifying idea. (laughs) That latches onto his chest. And that's why they were going to Bunyip Man, because they wanted Bunyip Man to take the tick off and save his life.
0: Mm.
1: So she's basically tending to him like a mother. The entire time she kind of becomes boys. I don't know if you would, would you say she's more like a big sister or
0: like a mother to boy? She's a little bit motherly. She's a little bit more on the motherly side, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sure some people will be upset with the fact that you know, she doesn't get to do as much Jaeger piloting and she's tending to boy like a mother the entire time. Yeah. Well, not the entire time, but a good chunk of the time. And may, Picks up the slack and does the Jaeger piloting. Okay, so some people will be upset with that, but I liked seeing Haley do that because it just makes the most sense. I think boy needs a mo- a motherly influence, and that's definitely not coming from Taylor, because mm-hmm. Taylor's too worried about being the older brother and taking care of everybody. Right. And May's not going to do it because May's busted (laughs) all kinds of busted and is borderline Butch at points because
0: she's just had to be so hardened
1: by surviving in the wilderness. I I don't
0: think, but I don't think Butch is the right word. I think it's hard. I think it's just hardened uh, because she's still very feminine, but she's just very, very hardened by the situation. Mm -hmm. She's been, she's been very, very hardened by the life that she's had to live. And she, and the reason, Mm -hmm. and, She's had to survive all these years.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it needed to come from somebody, and it makes sense for her. And Haley, who Haley gets very upset and very protective of boy, because there comes mm-hmm. a point where, when we talked about characters making tough decisions, there's a point where Taylor thinks that if they're going to get out of the sisters' territory, if all they want is boy,
0: but she's making to give them boy. Yeah, because she's trying to she's trying to make the pragmatic choice in that yeah, moment. Yeah,
1: he's trying to make yeah, he's trying to make what he thinks is the pragmatic choice, and that upsets his sister because he basically does it in secret. She says, "No, we're not giving them boy." But then he sneaks off in the middle of the night and gives them boy, and that makes her angry. And she's like, "How dare you do that? We were supposed to take care of it." He's like, "I had to make a tough call." And you you know what? It makes perfect sense for both of them to feel that way. And I don't know if the show is necessarily siding with one or the other, which is kind of interesting. But you can (laughs) see where both of them are coming from. It's one of those, you know, it's like Spock in Star Trek II. You know, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. (laughs) We give them Boy, and we don't even know what exactly Boy is. He seems to be a monster. Let them have him. So that we can get out. Mm -hmm. But May is trying to say like, you can't trust them. You don't know what they're going to (laughs) do. If you give them boy, God only knows what they're going to do. And Haley's just like, I just love boy. How dare you? She even says that. It's like, you took away somebody I love. Mm -hmm. Just one of those things. Like we find out at the end of the show, it changed. The black changes you. (laughs) And sometimes it's for the better. Sometimes it's for the worse.
0: There's, you know, there's, um, as, as kind of bleak as this, as, as bleak, we, hang on. We alluded to this when we first started the show and as bleak and as dark and as unsafe for our characters, as this feels, you know, there is a lot of hopefulness. In mm-hmm. this show, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of, like I said, we were talking about themes before we recorded. And I said, and you said to me, the show is about hope and it's about family. We've already, I think we've already talked about the uh, the family aspect of it. There's a very, there's a very like motherly through line throughout the black. Uh, in season one, it was, I don't know, maybe it was like more of a fatherly through line in in season one because we have Taylor Kind of taking responsibility mm-hmm. and you know establishing himself as a leader, so there's that fatherly, more masculine mm-hmm. side. Uh, well, as
1: you know, and you also had Shane, be, uh, had Shane. who was more involved in season one than he was in season right. two,
0: right? But in season two, there's the there's the other side of it. There's the feminine. There's the there's the um, there's the motherly. There's the motherly side, the more tender side to it, mm-hmm. which can also be incredibly tragic as well as we find out that we, there are so there are moments where I thought boy was going to die. When you told me that be prepared to have your heart ripped out. I sincerely thought boy was going to die. Um, But there's this kind of motherly through line in Mm -hmm. season in, in, in season two with, with, uh, with Haley Haley
1: and Loa. Yep.
0: And, uh, and 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 you know may, uh, and on the oh and their side. mother and their mother and their mother and their mother of course and with oh and even the, the
1: sisters like I said because they're kind of a twisted version of especially their leaders is very <clears> twisted <throat> sort of you know like uh, what do they call those uh, the in in nunneries you know the the head nun what the the something mother you know what I'm talking about
0: oh the. Oh, the not the. I almost said the Queen Mother. The, no, I'm not Catholic, oh, so I don't
1: know these things.
0: <laughs> oh, I, I'm I, well. I'm not Catholic either, so I don't know. Anyway, I, I I know I'll I know I'll have to look it up. But anyway, go uh, continue. Right, well, no, thought. that's
1: just what I'm saying. There is a very you know kind of feminine, motherly influence throughout the whole thing, and actually looking at it as kind of two sides of a whole actually makes sense because season one was a little bit more focused on Taylor. Hmm. And him doing crazy things, sometimes questionable things, you know, learning how to ghost drift, which about breaks his brain, huh. <laughs> you know, and having his and then Shane and what he's doing and, you know, to manipulating people and things like that and the, the kind of twisted things that he was doing. And, yeah, I, I could see that. I I mm-hmm. think you're on to something there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there's like, it's, it's the season two, which I guess, I guess it play, I guess it really was so appropriate that, uh, you know, there, this was a two, this was only like a two season show where you in season one, you get the father, you get the, you get the father patriarchal side and you get the, the mother matriarchal side of it in, in season two or season mm-hmm. one. I should say in season one, you get the patriarchal father side in season two, you get the mother uh, matriarchal side mm-hmm. so I, I and they all and they both work and they both work in tandem to tell a kind a very cohesive kind of hopeful story because there are points in this there are points in the show that are a little bit i won't say saccharine but they're a little bit a little bit sweet especially the end is a little bit um it's a little bit more sweet than bitter like we talked about uh, but I think that it,
1: fa- we should say this. Their father is
0: alive. Their father is alive. Yeah, their, their fa- father they-
1: is alive. They his their parents got separated. They're both Jaeger pilots. Their, their parents got separated. The sisters found their mother, mm-hmm. but their dad did make it to Sydney base. Yeah, so they at least got to see their father. Now the last scene of the show is them going to, I guess you could say the uh, it's not really a grave because they don't have a body, but the memorial site for their mother mm. and their father you know, grieves the loss of his wife. Yeah. And then they have a little talk with everybody and, you know, you get the impression that this new family is going to move on, is going to move forward. Mm. The kids made it. They lost, they lost Loa. They lost Atlas apex didn't make it their mother didn't make it jane didn't make it a lot of people died but they got there they met their goal they got to the base and they found their dad at the very least they did find their mother but she didn't you know but like i said she didn't make it but she died making sure that they would
0: it's just a it's just a more whole i guess they they the our characters although they're kind of they've got, they've experienced some very tragic things. They, they seemed very hopeful at the end that Mm -hmm. things were going to be, that things were actually going to kind of work out. And I think that ending it, ending this season or ending this series there was good. I don't Mm -hmm. think you could probably pull another story out from this. And I hope that maybe
1: they they have to escape from Australia or something like that. Yeah,
0: maybe, but. but if they don't and they just leave it there, I'm satisfied.
1: I'm very satisfied with this. I don't, I honestly don't really want to see anymore as much as I like these characters. I really don't want to see anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with where it's at. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I am too. So yeah. it sounds like we can kind of head into our, our, our final thoughts and our Godzuki score. And if for, and for the uninitiated, if this is your first time listening to Kaiju weekly, we like to rate uh, movies and television shows out of five Godzuki's because we like to embrace the sillier side of the giant monster and tokusatsu genre. So, Nate, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, out of five Godzukis, what would you give Pacific Rim the Black, and what are your final thoughts? Oh, man.
1: Oh, man. yeah, You're talking to somebody who absolutely adores that first Pacific Rim movie. So uh, going into the whole, the whole show, I was a little bit trepidatious. I felt burned by Uprising. So I wasn't sure what to think of this one going in. And then, you know, it's animated, which is also different. But there's a lot of anime influence in Pacific Rim. So now that we have the complete story, I don't quite remember what I gave season one. I think I gave season one four. Mm -hmm. So now that we have the complete story, Oh, it's difficult. I'm waffling between two different scores. Uh, uh, I reserve the right to change my mind for the uh, for the magazine review, but for now, <laughs> but for now, I'm going to give it four out of five. Godzuki's. No, Jimmy, I'm not singing karaoke with Jessica. <laughs>
0: Oh, I was going to ask, I was going to ask Jimmy, Jimmy, um, since you're here, since you're here, and since you're obviously another guest on this podcast, um, what would you give Pacific Rim the black? Oh, of
1: course you would give it a five out of five. You're in love with robots.
0: (laughs) That's what I thought. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, so for me, I'm very inclined to agree with you in the fact that, um, in the, in the fact that I don't think that it's perfect, but it does work as a whole. And I really want to take Pacific Rim, the black as kind of as the whole package. I don't want to necessarily take it in just season one versus season two. I want to, I really want to You
1: can't really do that. This is a, you have to take this as a whole
0: to really appreciate what they were able to accomplish with the story and the characters and the creatures. We didn't spend a lot of time on the Kaiju, uh, because the, I feel like the Kaiju were like, so sort of a given because, you know, we had, we actually, we had a few different ones in this. We had uh trespasser, which is a, cl- which is a throwback from, mm. from if, if anyone's familiar with uh, the Pacific rim, the movie, um, we, so we had trespasser. We had the, we had the, uh, the Kaiju, poison,
1: dogs, we, the we kaiju the, dogs, the Kaiju dogs, a big old category six at the end and the
0: big old category six at the, the end with the name, the name of it escapes me. Um, but you know, this, this show is, is definitely a human story. It is definitely a very, very human story. And I think it strikes a good balance between Kaiju and human story. And it does, um, it does uh, do it, it does do well to have it to, it does do well at being extremely cohesive. And I think that taking it as a whole, Pacific Rim season one, Pacific Rim season two, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and just give it a I'm actually I'm gonna be a little bit nicer to it because I did enjoy this a lot and it did make me actually feel something. So um uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give it a four and a half out of five. Godzuki's, which I was is putting,
1: inst- uh, I put serious thought into giving it four point five,
0: yeah, which is a stark contrast to my one out of five I gave uh Ultraman. <laughs> yeah. Season
1: two. Oh, by the way, the category six is breacher.
0: Oh, breacher. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. and I was like, that actually does. Okay. So I was I was sitting here watching. I was like, oh, breacher. That makes sense because it's big enough to to breach the. Anyway to make it through the bridge. Anyway, whatever. Uh, Yes, Jimmy, I did beat you to that. I'm learning. But, but Jimmy is still smarter. Moving on. Um, don't bloat his ego. So that concludes our discussion on Pacific Rim, the black season two. Uh, if you have watched Pacific Rim, the black season two, and have listened to this podcast, talk to us on social media, talk to us on Twitter and tell us what you think of pacific rim do you do you like it do you hate it do you think it was better than ultraman if you do we can be friends if not well not so much um <laughs> and uh just let us know by uh, tweeting at us or emailing us at kaijuweekly@gmail.com at gmail.com so nathan we actually have one more segment we have to get through and do you know what that segment is
1: what is the mailbag alex
0: it is the mailbag. What's in the mail today? And this week's mailbag comes from our friend. Actually, we have a few uh, different yes. mailbags this week uh, from various friends around the internet. Um, So the first message uh, comes from our friend, Nick Blackler. Thank you, Nick. Uh, And it says, Oh, it's actually the question. Uh, It's actually a legitimate question. So I'm going to, I'm going to save that one for the end. I'm going to, sorry, Nick, I'm going to skip, I'm going to skip over yours really quickly and read these, uh, a couple of comments regarding our episode on star crash. And then I'm going to get to your question. So hang (laughs)
1: on star crash. The
0: first uh, comment comes from, Uh, Chris Degelman, and it says first day at work after COVID and I'm uh, catching up on all the podcasts. Thanks to Kaiju Weekly for the great well wishes. Great episode on Star Crash. My issue is this quote hidden gem is how they kept repeating the spaceship footage essentially while um, Maruno especially
1: when Monroe and company are just standing around.
0: Thank you. Thank you. I can't read today for some reason. Um, So yes, Chris, uh, regardless of the fact that apparently I can't read, I might be dyslexic. um, uh, We're happy that you were were able to recover from COVID. Thank you so much for the kind words. And I hope you're doing well, man. Uh,
1: What was that? Yes. Star crash. The second best, not star Wars movie.
0: Right behind space balls. Anyway, moving on. Uh Damon Noise uh sent us a message. He oh, says the animated
1: I know Damon very well. He visits me on the island sometimes.
0: The animated show about the projects was called The PJs. Main character was voiced by Eddie Murphy and aired on Fox. Yes, Damon. I vaguely remember this. I I also vaguely remember that. I think in that episode I was tripping up. Oh I was tripping up trying to find um I was trying to remember exactly who did the voices for those characters and they were voiced by some pretty uh, prominent uh, black actors and actresses. Um, and a lot of, a lot of actors and actresses that have showed up on things like Tyler Perry, uh, on Tyler Perry movies, et cetera. But I do now, now that Damon, now that Damon brings it up, I do recall Eddie Murphy being the voice of the lead character. Uh, mm-hmm. So thanks Damon for that comment. Mm-hmm. This is um, all
1: from the, funny little game that you guys played last week when uh, uh-huh. on the Ultraman season 2 episode. By the way, I got them all right. I got a good. perfect score last week.
0: <laughs> good for good for you. Okay. <laughs> our last comment before I read the trivia question comes from our friend Robert of Record All Monsters podcast and it just simply says, "Y'all should have called the game movie the animated series the game which
1: (laughs) that makes me snicker because it just makes me think of street fighter the movie the game
0: yeah so thank
1: that exists
0: so so robert if you don't mind we're going to steal that uh and then call it our own for the next time we play that game if that's okay
1: (laughs) movie the animated series the game (laughs) (laughs) oh i get it now
0: Oh, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It is fantastic. (laughs) So, uh, so for, to end our mailbag, we're actually going to read a question. And I think this may be the last question that Nick, our friend Nick Blackler (laughs) sent in. And I think it's, it's a pretty good one to end on.
1: I feel a bit Terrible looking at this joke, uh, I mean, of that joke, but this question and thinking I have to answer this.
0: <laughs> oh, put your pretentious britches aside, Nathan, and just answer the dang question. um
1: You, you want to talk about fighting babies?
0: I mean, I have seen Baby Boss anyway. Um, uh-huh. So Nick writes: Would Manila win in a fight against all <laughs> the all the Baby Muppets? And if the answer is yes. How many baby Looney Tunes would they need to recruit to beat Manila? Okay, so I need time. I need time to think about this. So I'm going to No, You need to
1: remember the Muppet Babies theme.
0: Muppet Babies. Anyway. So, Nathan, I'm going to let you go at first and answer this question. While oh, of course I, you will. While, yeah, yeah. while right. I ponder no, on it.
1: pass the ball to Margett, so he has to talk about horrible baby fights and maiming and you're, you're terrible. <laughs> oh, I'm awful. Uh, you are just terrible, 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 terrible.
0: Did I mention you're terrible? I'm awful. Just, re- just answer the dang question. Well, the, I don't
1: know if it's a fair fight or not. I mean, all the Muppet babies versus Manila? Seems a little one-sided, but then also and then also apparently they have to recruit baby looney tunes. I I have so many questions. I, are are they all the same size as Manila or are they actually like little and they're fighting a kaiju? Hmm. I mean, I I need parameters here. I, I'm just going to assume that these are all their prescribed sizes. So basically, we have a legion of Muppet babies and a legion of baby Looney Tunes. And, you know, to answer the second part of the question, I'm just going to say they recruit all of them because they're smaller than usual Muppets and Looney Tunes. And Manila's not huge, but he's a big boy. <laughs> so I, they're just gonna recruit all of them and if that's the case i think i'm gonna give it to the baby legion weird as that sounds because you know, manila is cute in a very ugly sort of way but he's not the brightest bulb on the tree I think they could outwit him with their cleverness and set some traps for him that would he would get caught in. But I'm also operating under the assumption that this is in-universe Manila and not Godzilla's Revenge Manila. If it's Godzilla's Revenge Manila, it might be a bit of a different story.
0: See, Nick, that's the problem I'm having with this question, because Nick was not specific. He was not specific on if it's in-universe Manila uh, Minya or if it's Godzilla's Revenge Minya. If it's Godzilla's Revenge Minya, the Muppet Baby Horde or the Muppet Looney Tune the Baby horde, horde. The Baby Horde. The Horde of Babies. The Horde of Baby Muppets. <laughs> the Baby Horde. My God, the Baby Horde. Like, there you go, Nick. When you... I demand fan art of a baby horde versus Manila. Make it so. Anyway, um, so if it's if it's the baby horde well, versus I've, Godzilla, I saw H- his on. latest fan art. So, hang on, hang on. If it's the baby, if it's the baby horde versus the loony baby, if it's the loony baby horde the loony versus Muppet baby horde. The Looney Muppet Baby Horde. If it's <laughs> good Lord, have my good, good Lord. Okay,
1: Manila, Manila. versus Looney Looney Muppet Baby Horde. The,
0: if it's that versus Godzilla's Revenge, min, Minya. Uh oh, I'm uh, sorry, Minya, about your damn luck. Um, <laughs> if it's in universe, Minya. Depending on how many Muppet babies there are in the Muppet ba- depending on how many Looney Tune babies and Looney Tunes and Muppet babies are in the are in the Looney Tune Muppet Baby Horde. I mean, they could attend they could essentially overwhelm Mina, similar to how the Legion horde overwhelmed Gamera in Gamera 2. Yes. It's or very daddy
1: possible. In
0: and then megagirus with Godzilla. Yeah. Now,
1: the other question is, we also need to determine, is there anything around that could potentially fall on Minya's head? Uh, not his head, his tail. Because if that happens,
0: I uh, the okay, Looney Muppet so, baby horde
1: might be getting some atomic ray in the face.
0: Well, okay, so here's, I can see a situation where Wily e. Coyote attempts to drop an acme anvil on top of Minya to knock That's him out. That's a big but,
1: anvil, I'm just saying.
0: But misses, but misses and hits his tail instead, and then Minya breathes fire and wipes them all out. That's just mm-hmm. kind of how well, I can see that going.
1: the, the my understanding, because I've talked with the Monster Island scientists about this, they're so like, how, how does this goober, this kaiju goober, get that atomic ray to come out? And there, as they can tell, is that he has to be under extreme duress when it happens. Mm. But they're not exactly sure what needs to happen to generate that duress. So could it be possible that if the Looney Muppet baby horde, I'm just going to find every excuse to say that now. <laughs> if, if whatever they are doing to potentially murder this poor child, because we love baby murder on this. No, I'm not going to say that. No, that sounds terrible. Never mind. Because we love child murder on this show, apparently... That's not any better. (laughs) Never mind. I would just cut all that out. (laughs) Depending on what they do to him, it might stress him out enough that the the atomic ray comes out.
0: I'm just saying. So... What if Foghorn Leghorn? What if Foghorn Leghorn, declares, baby Foghorn Leghorn, baby Foghorn Leghorn, declares that Gonzo and uh Baby Fozzie have to entertain Minya with really terrible, with really horrible jokes, and it's like it's it's it's. It's oh. Minya, it's Minya oh. murder by, by really oh. terrible jokes.
1: Oh, oh, mm. oh, oh, mm. I mean, that would stress oh. me out. Oh, oh, fuzzy jokes. Uh, well, along with everything. Ooh, that's a tough one. Oh, how dare you, Jimmy? How dare you? <sighs> yeah. It, it, just because Minya has to listen to our show doesn't mean he can handle Fozzy jokes, okay? How dare you!
0: But the big question is, Nate: Are the Muppet Babies kaiju individually?
1: No, but as the Looney Muppet Baby horde,
0: yes. But they're all, but they're a horde, so they're a horde of individual. Muppet baby, loony Muppet baby. Yes,
1: but when they form the horde, they essentially
0: become a kaiju. So they are not kaiju, correct?
1: Individually, no. But as a horde, yes. It's kind of like the big thing that Belial turns into at the end of Ultra Word Salad the movie. That is a ah, singular... The Beliudra. Yes, the Belly Udra. The Bellyudra Udra is a kaiju. Now, so this is individually, the, so this those is, are also kaiju, but it's an even bigger kaiju.
0: So it's essentially the Looney
1: The Looney Udra. There you go. We have named it for Mr. Blackler. It is the Looney <laughs> Udra.
0: The Looney Udra. Yes! Looney Udra is now <laughs> so official kaiju weakness. Now, the question becomes, who's at the top of the Looney Udra? Kermit. Kermit the Frog.
1: Kermit and
0: Bugs, Kermit, yeah, Kermit and Bugs,
1: Kermit and Bugs. They're at the top, controlling the Looney Udra.
0: Oh boy, that is that is nightmare fuel. That is that is nightmare fuel, good sir. But what is not nightmare fuel? Yes, Jimmy, never sleep again. <laughs> so thank you, Nick, for that uh, very w- weird question that we talked about for probably way too long. Uh, and, but we got some really good material out of like Looney Udra or the Muppet Bay or the Looney Muppet baby horde. Uh, we, <laughs> you're, you have your, you have your work cut out for you. And I want to say, a sp- I want to say special thank you to Chris Deggle, uh, Damien Noyce and uh, Robert from record all monsters podcast. Thank you guys for sending us your feedback from those past episodes. And Chris, I am so happy uh, Travis and I are both very happy that you're feeling much, much better. So thank you. Thank you, sir, for listening uh, while you were in recovery. So um, if you want to be cool like these people, you can tweet at us uh, at Kaiju Weekly or you can email us at KaijuWeekly at gmail.com. So before we get out of here, I have to ask the trivia question that will lead us into next week's discussion. And that trivia question reads like this. James Gunn filmed a cameo scene in, as a DJ that was later cut out from what blockbuster monster movie? Hmm. Hmm. What could it be? What could it be? Uh, you we'll post that trivia question to our social media and you can answer it there. And we will read that answer out on the next episode of the podcast. And the next episode of the podcast will actually feature, uh, one of our very, very good friends, uh, Brandon from the fake nerds, uh, to talk about this particular thing that I almost slipped and told y'all, but, yeah, but, um, but are you sure it's Brandon? I am Sure. There are so many of the fake nerds that I get them confused, so if it's not Brandon, I am so sorry. But Uh, the question
1: is, is that your final answer?
0: Oh my God, turn that (laughs) damn sound effect off. (laughs) (laughs) So.
1: (laughs) That music cue is going to haunt your nightmares. (laughs)
0: Hey, but at least I got a perfect ten out of ten, plus bonus. Um, Nathan, thank you for coming back and for being on this podcast. We appreciate you for uh, filling in for Travis and discussing Pacific Rim: The Black with me. Mm-hmm. Where can people find you?
1: Monster Island. You should come visit. Beautiful, oh, Ogasso- oh, wait, sorry, sorry, I slipped into my, I slipped into my show. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. <clears throat> Actually, yes, you can come visit Monster Island if you so choose, or you can listen to our show, the Monster Island Film Vault podcast, seeking entertainment and enlightenment through tokusatsu. It is a f- academic film appreciation show, and I know that sounds kind of impossible and kind of boring. Let me assure you, it is far from boring. I mean, you've had to, you should listen to the the quips Jimmy has on that show. They're zingers, let me tell you. And then I would be remiss doubly remiss if i did not mention the other shows that i do with two fine gentlemen who co-host this podcast one of which is henshin men a podcast that's uh, about the appreciation of japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures which i co-host with our co-host in common <laughs> mr travis alexander it's about henshin heroes and we are currently making our way through the original common writer which feels longer than it actually is at this point <laughs> i'm liking the show but good lord it feels so long right now and then obviously we have to talk about what for you is the most important podcast in the kaiju ramen the podcasting network right
0: Yes, and that is the Power Trip, a journey through the Power Rangers franchise. Uh, it's where you and I talk about well, Power Rangers from an academic level, and we analyze the ranger teams, the Zords, the music, all of that stuff, and we try to mix in a little bit of the the thematic things just to keep things spicy. So, if you want to check that out, uh, you can find us on Power Trip Pod. You get well, uh, you can find us at Power Trip Pod, the Power Trip Pod on Twitter. I almost mm-hmm. screwed that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you want to email the show, you can email that show at powertrippod at gmail.com mm-hmm. but uh, I also yeah, need
1: and, and when you're listening to this episode I believe our our episode on Time Force should be out right?
0: Tentatively yes. <laughs> we it talked was a, about
1: it for four hours. Before. It was a
0: four hour recording. A four let that sink in audio listener. It was a four hour recording about a power Rangers television series that went to places that I did not expect it to. Well, actually I kind of, actually I kind of expected it to, to be quite honest with you because it was such a, an in-depth season and in-depth discussion. And yes, Jimmy, and yes, Jimmy, I know you're not a big fan of power Rangers, but the least thing you, the least you could do is listen to the show and support us. Oh well, we
1: did have some dealings with a former Power Ranger, and oh, I know Power Ranger villain.
0: Yeah, it's your uh, your island crush, right, Miss Perkins? <laughs>
1: well, she kind of electrocuted me, so kind of killed the attraction there. Anyway, I it's too, uh, we. I would have preferred a three hour tour, but you know, we talked for time for us for four hours, so. We made time for time for us. (laughs) Good Lord.
0: Thank you everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends. If you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Kaiju Weekly. All the links to our social media, as well as the Power Rangers Legacy Facebook group, are listed in the description of this episode. You You can send questions, comments, or answers to the trivia question to our email at kaijuweekly at gmail.com a big thank you to everyone who has supported kaiju ramen magazine thus far Uh, we are currently work uh, we are currently working on issue six uh that should be out in the next uh month or or that should be out in the next couple of months so be on the lookout for that uh you can find out more uh, about about that and other podcasts and other projects that we have going on at kaiju ramen media com, And there's also one more thing you can do to help support this show. And that is by going over to Apple podcasts or PodChaser and leaving us a rating, a five-star rating and Spotify. Or a, and Spotify and leaving us a five-star rating or a five-star review. And we promise we will read that review on a future episode of the podcast. We actually did get a, I think we got a, a new review, but I'm going to save that for when Travis is on again. Uh, before, uh, before I go ahead and read that. So the last,
1: I wondered that too. Did you say Power Rangers legacy and not Kaiju groupie?
0: I did. I did.
1: (laughs) Forgot what show you were recording there for a second.
0: No, I wasn't. That was intentional. Uh, (laughs) so Uh, uh,
1: i I don't know how travis is gonna feel about that
0: (laughs) the last thing we need to say is to help control the giant monster population have your breachers breachers or your uh kaiju sisters spayed (laughs) or (laughs) neutered
1: This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media LLC.